Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about stasis in the crucible. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. I'm probably live right now, so you can go to SNTRlive.com to catch me live. Also, be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. If you're a fan of Repeat Theater, Rageous Roundtable, or this show, they are all on the network, SNTRnetwork.com. So Stasis in the Crucible, uh, there were concerns about this. I had a video like, is it going to hurt Crucible? Is it going to have a negative effect? And I played approximately anywhere from 50 to 60 games of comp. I have not played in sixes, so I am a little bit uh, narrow in my sampling. But I think I did play enough to give some commentary uh, about how it feels right now and how the community is responding. Now, before I actually get into my experience and kind of the two extremes I think we need to try to avoid right now, because Stasis is getting a lot of negative attention, as well as sunsetting. Uh, So what I wanted to start with, though, is the dynamic weather. The dynamic weather blog, I think, really, really adds a lot to uh, my dialogue about this, mainly because, mainly because... They they have set things up in such a way as I feel they betrayed what they didn't want to do on Europa. So these two quotes next to me are from the blog post about dynamic weather. They said the team tested features like slowing player movement, altering grenade paths, and even knocking players off their sparrows. And here's a direct quote. It was painfully unfun and made doing anything in the game almost impossible. And then they went on to say, we iterated a lot to find a delicate balance between it seeming dangerous, but without it actually being disoriented oppressive or negatively impacting core gameplay so the oppressive and the negative impact on core gameplay is what I really want to zero in on because in my estimation there are elements of stasis that are doing that to the crucible now what I'm not arguing in this video is nerf it gut it get it out of here but I do think they need to consider that they didn't want to do that to the public space and I believe that those things are happening in the crucible which is a place that is ripe with opportunities for frustration players salt players getting angry and you know and players potentially backing out so I really think that commentary from them about dynamic weather I I do think is very important especially the negatively impacting core gameplay if you think about the core gameplay of crucible and what happens most of the time and most of your engagements stasis is causing a major disruption to that so let's just talk about my experience I played approximately 60 comp games both freelance and with the team and this was early in the life of the season so keep in mind this was literally opening week so not a lot of people had stasis there were some games where only one or two people had it and then there were games where the entire team was using it to great effect so this is going to spread and likely I would say get worse again I'm not sky is falling saying it's broken and OP but it's likely to get worse and spread and become more common especially as people lean into some of the stronger builds and combinations with perks like demo on a shotgun to constantly kind of give yourself that grenade and you know energy and some of the really really strong melee uptime builds that we're starting to see it has completely and in this again this is in my experience and kind of my opinion here it has completely changed map flow and the combat rhythms within the crucible especially on small maps if you play cauldron or anomaly 
it has completely changed the flow of the map and how combat goes. The minute we got on some of the more traditional D1 maps that were a little bit more open and breathed a little bit more, we had a lot better time engaging in what I would consider to be the classic Destiny core gameplay loop of Crucible. Getting some map control, watching lanes, trying to maybe push somebody on a corner with a shotgun, winning your ones, hitting snipes. Some of the, you know, more more traditional core gameplay elements that you'd accustomed to in pvp and when we got into these smaller maps it became very very frustrating some of it doesn't even seem like you can really mitigate it people are like you can just jump to get away from a cold snap grenade that's laughable i jumped numerous times and got pulled right back down to the earth and was frozen solid waiting to die the real question i think is what is bungie's goal for stasis in the crucible is the experience that myself and you are having right now is that what they were going for i mean we don't know did they play a little bit more casual more lighthearted? did they not consider the frequency of uptime on grenades and melees with some builds that are really really specced into that uh and if they feel they need to make adjustments The second question is, can they adjust things without hurting PvE? I think the primary concern right now, one of the things you really want to lean into if you're going to run stasis in PvE is giving yourself lots of melee and grenade uptime. I was running Monte Carlo, and I was, you know, trying to lean into a build that would consistently feed my Warlock that that melee, that projectile melee, and and I don't want to lose that. If I lose that frequency of those grenades and those melees in PvE, then I think stasis would feel significantly weakened and hindered. Now we know they're looking into solving the endless super glitch that is melting bosses, raid bosses most notably, and that's cause for concern for the raid launch. You know, is it going to be delayed? Are they going to have to push it back because the world's first race is uh, likely going to be affected by this? We're not really sure what they're doing, but in the grand scheme of things, Stasis feels really, really good in PvE, and we don't want that to become the the, the the target where it gets weakened. So at the end here, let's talk about two extremes to avoid. I was talking about this the other day, and I really do feel like the Destiny community has a tendency to fall into two camps or two ditches, you know, as it were. People just are like, oh, this new stuff is so OP, it's so broken. Nobody takes the time to really analyze, break it down, consider mitigation, uh, strategy, analyzation. Are you are you moving, standing in different places? Are you trying different things out? Uh, many times you hear people say that the Crucible is nothing but shotgun rushers. And I'm like, okay, that's a person that stands really close to choke points and doesn't know how to read radar. So a lot of times when the new stuff lands, that's kind of the response is, this stuff's OP, it's broken, it's OP, it's broken, and everybody kind of calls for a nerf. Nobody wants to adjust their strategy. Now, I'm not getting platitudinous and saying that's all that needs to happen here. Like, just change your strats and get good. You know, just build forehead. I'm not saying that, but I do feel like this is a tendency that we have. We just run to its OP. Now, the other tendency we have, another ditch that we fall into is, it's fine, leave it alone, we finally feel powerful, everybody always cries and whines about stuff's too strong. I feel that these two extremes are incredibly unhelpful. One is, you know, it tends to be an overreaction that doesn't think things through and analyze there might be ways to change your playstyle and work around stasis. And the other is far too forgiving, as if stasis right now is exactly perfect in the crucible and not causing any problems, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't think either of these extremes are helpful. My... 
my my summary and maybe my diagnosis of what's going on is it's far too frequent. Uh, the warlock melee seems a little absurd, and then the cold snap grenade is also just insane. Tracks through doors, taking ninety degree turns, and feels like just a gimme kill. I've seen many games that I was even in where the other team is terrible in a one v one gunfight, but they throw that stupid thing on the ground and get freebie double kills around the corner if you're kind of waiting. That happened to us on Colden a couple of times. There isn't any where else to stand is part of the problem. So the people that are going to say, oh, change your strategy, stand back, position yourself differently. Some maps simply don't allow you to do that. You're either going to hide in camp and not engage in combat, or you're going to have to get close to where the enemy is kind of hanging out. And the minute you do that, you have to get close to the choke points. You have to get close to those doors and those hallways that can have things just kind of thrown into them. And they're just gimme kills. They're just kind of automatic. And that's probably where they need to set their sights. A lot of these maps were not designed with stasis in mind. And I think that may be one of the reasons why the older maps that can breathe a little bit more, that are more open and bigger, tended to limit uh, the potency and the efficacy of stasis in the Crucible. And I don't think Bungie's going to go through and reevaluate all of the maps, but they might want to evaluate the frequency of these abilities. Again, can they do that without hurting PvE is the really big question. I do not want them to hurt some of these really fun builds that we're already enjoying really early in the season, just because a couple of things are a little messed up. New things, new abilities, new exotics, they tend to have a propensity to showing up more often because they're new. And uh, But in my mind, this feels a little bit different. This isn't just everybody running it because it's new and it's kind of annoying. It is, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's problematic for a couple of reasons. I already talked about frequency. The other reason it's problematic is because no one likes to stand there and be unable to move and then you just die. And then when you break out, you take a ton of damage and you're kind of a free kill anyway. And so it kind of does two things that people don't like. It turns the Crucible into sort of a mini mayhem mode. Mayhem only shows up every once in a while. You get kind of sick of mayhem after a while. So my main concern is even the people that like it, are they going to get a little sick of it? Is it going to get old? Is is it going to have a short shelf life? And when we look at Cold Snap and the Warlock Melee, at a minimum, I think they just need to be looked at on how effective they are with insta-freezing guardians. It's okay to instant freeze trash ads. And you know, and 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 majors, but to instant freeze guardians, maybe they need to look at that. Can they tweak its 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 efficiency specifically against guardians to maybe tone it down a little bit into just how strong it actually is? Maybe let us shoot back. Maybe let us not be frozen as long. Uh, it is a little bit worrying that some of this stuff just seems like it wasn't really tested in Crucible and could lead to some nerfs that would frustrate the PVE folks. But by and large, that first quote from the Storm blog. I believe it is having a negative impact on the core gameplay experience of Crucible. The Crucible is dynamic, like dramatically changing because of stasis, and they need to look at some of these things. And again, hopefully they don't mess up PVE in doing so. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this as a recording elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This can be the Q&A session that followed my talk about stasis in the Crucible. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. Monday through Friday, I'm live streaming. Might be even streaming right now. So come over and hang out with us or bookmark sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com has all my content in one location. We're getting ready to kind of relaunch it and give it some nice facelifts. So uh, if you go there and it's like under construction or whatever, no worries. We're doing some cool things under the hood. So first question from Strider Prime. 
So far, I'm underwhelmed by the exotic weapons for Beyond Light. Are you excited for the Hawkmoon, and do you think it'll be as good as in D1 pre-nerf? I mean, I'll say Malfeasance feels really, really good right now because of the increase in mag up to the 20, and it feels like the explosions maybe got like a ghost buff. We're not really sure. I find uh, the grenade launcher that they give you that does the stasis walls is good for completing stasis bounties and that's about it. I don't actually like it that much. I think it, it feels it feels kind of weak for an exotic heavy. I can get more efficient damage from a legendary sword by spamming light attack. Uh, I seem to get way more damage from just using one of the new grenade launchers, the one that you can get from Gambit. I got a nice roll with clown cartridge and spike and I run that and I, I don't know. I feel like I get way more consistent damage and way faster damage from that. And, you know, the stasis exotic grenade launcher is certainly cool, but it seems like it's just built to complete bounties. Um, the duality is good. The duality shotgun is good. I don't know if I would ever run it though mainly because the duality feels like just like a really good shotgun and there are plenty of really good shotguns in the game there's also a great aggressive frame fusion now that i really really like to use and then another wave frame grenade launcher has finally been added to the game in the wrathborn hunts that launched today on november the 17th so it's difficult for me to justify shotguns right now because there's a lot of other options which feels really good to have options that aren't shotguns uh and it feels good to have a primary exotic that feels like it's doing the job of a primary exotic. It's kind of leaving its lane and it's able to take down majors and mini bosses and it even does great damage to a boss when you're just dumping those rounds into their face and you're getting those little explosions to proc. So as far as the exotics in general, duality's good. Doesn't seem to have room in my loadout because of my own preferences about some of the new special weapons. The grenade launcher, I can take it or leave it again. It feels like it's just built to help you get stasis bounties done quickly. And Hawkmoon, I don't know. I have to use it. I'll have to see if it feels good. Uh, The other gun that feels really, really good right now is Monte Carlo because Monte Carlo keeps your melee up and that's really, really nice for a hunter with the shurikens and it's really, really fun on the warlock with the, the the projectile melee. I was thinking of the Titan and I was going to say the wrong thing. And then the Titan's kind of like a shoulder charge that really, really travels distance. So Monte Carlo and uh, Malfeasance actually feel really great right now as exotic primaries. And I am not upset about that at all. It feels good to be using exotic primaries that uh, have largely, you know, kind of gotten ignored up to now. And uh, there's some new perks that do that too. There's some perks that give you ability energy from using them. And I think some of those guns and some of those perks are going to come in handy for stasis builds. So you're probably going to see some of that uh, in the coming days as people start grinding and going for that perk that gives you the ability energy. So at this point in time, the exotics aren't really landed on me all that well, but I'm not upset about it because there's plenty to use that seem like they're maybe getting some footing in different ways because of our current builds. I actually think this is probably going to be true about some of the exotic armor pieces as well. You're probably going to see a video in a week from some YouTuber that's like, crazy insane build. I mean, maybe they already put some of them up, and it'll be some crazy insane build with an exotic you haven't touched in ages because it does something with melee or grenade energy. Uh, and that's, you know, that has a possibility of rearing its head and being and being good. I got the one earlier for the warlock 
that does the uh, it's the Verity's Brow that does the energy weapon kills grant death rows which provides a bonus to the damage of your grenades and grants you grenade energy that has a possibility to pair up with stasis and be good I don't know exactly what it's going to do to stasis grenades because a lot of them build walls or the snap grenade just just kind of hits people i'm actually really curious if that's going to be a great buff to the stasis field grenade because that does like the damage kind of the damage over time and then it kind of freezes them so there's some good possibility there uh you know to to have some fun build so you're probably going to see people pivoting to older exotics and builds that would seem unlikely which i do believe is a feather in the cap of stasis as its presence exists right now in the game to to give you uh, to give you some 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 buffs and some cool stuff. Heart of Inmost Light is being mentioned. You know, yeah. There, there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be some some good things I think uh, that that come from this. I can't inspect your your grenade launcher, Weezy. I'm not in the game right now. Should Bungie include a season with every major expansion? Similar to how Forsaken did. Beyond Light and Season of the Hunt's content separation is so muddy. I actually don't agree with the second part here at all. I actually think Season of the Hunt is 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 very much its own container. I go to the shore. Uh, I'm sorry, the Tangle Shore, and I go to see Spider and Aldrin, Crow, and it's a it's a whole different menu system. It's a whole different uh, investment, and it's got its own cool loot and its own cool aesthetic and its own cool feel and vibe. Even the bounties look kind of cool. I'm a, I'm kind of a fan of Aldrin, and. You know, be, be, because of this, because of this, I uh, I think that the way the way they've set this up is actually a really really good division of labor. You want my honest opinion? I think they could have punted the season of the hunt campaign another week or two and allowed the lead up of Beyond Light, Europa, Stasis, Stranger, Aramis, Raid have its own like two week episode as it were and then you would start the season of the hunt campaign i actually think that would have been just fine but um they're doing their best i think to kind of like throw a lot at us week one to at least make it feel full because people are feeling the weight or maybe the absence of weight they're they're feeling the lightness or the weightlessness of the loot pool it feels pretty thin um i think what he's saying what he's saying is muddy why was aramis left finished in like an hour like some kind of side quest campaigns have always been that way Gaul, Oryx in this case Aramis you you end up getting to a point where you're like okay that was pretty fast and then the real thing happens later with the raid I mean Oryx was really easy I mean that was a major complaint about Oryx it was a major complaint about Gaul Bungie does seem to struggle with crescendos I think I thought the crescendo of Forsaken, the Baron fights were great. I did think that the Aldrin meatball fight was actually pretty enjoyable. But again, it didn't take very long and it wasn't very difficult. And then all of a sudden we're kind of done. And then what happened? Then the campaign and the story of the Dreaming City and the raid uh, expanded upon that and, and, and went further than just sort of, oh yeah, now you're done. Um, imagine a season where we don't take care of Aramis until three months later. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that. I figured because she's like frozen solid up on that on that precipice that something's going to happen with the raid because she told the Viking guy, the guy they kind of kept shrouded and they didn't let us see him. I think it's because he's a raid boss. She told him to go to the crypt. So he's going and getting the raid ready. And I'm wondering if he's going to come back 
and rescue her from that perch uh, and then she's going to be in the raid or he's going to do something uh, you know to, to to maybe that's not even her up there anymore maybe they've replaced it with a fake or something I don't know uh, but but yo it's good Brody Daddy um, it's always good to see people coming back around and I re- and being able to recognize their names. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the DLC stories have always been kind of quick. Uh, you know, Forsaken was probably... I feel like Forsaken was probably the longest campaign of an expansion because of the Baron fights. Uh, I remember Taken King being pretty quick as well and people complaining and being like that orcs fight was lame and really easy and they're like yeah well it's not the end I mean there, there's more to the story there were side quests and other things after and they do something similar here I mean I I'd also think if this is not what Poet Anderson said but what was said in chat I, I actually know that Aramis feels like a bit of a side quest but after that's done there's a lot more to do even if you just do the stuff with a stranger, it's actually pretty cool. You're unlocking aspects and fragments, and you're getting really, really good dialogue, and it's it's unraveling her story, her past, her stuff with her stuff with Anna. I, I actually thought that was very well done. I think the the epilogue is as good in some respects as the campaign itself with respect to storytelling. Um, so you have to remember she actually is a side quest. She wasn't at the helm of the ship ever. And I don't think she was ever intended to be. Are you talking about Aramis? The design, the DLC for people who are kind of casual. The seasons are designed for players who stick around. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I, so you don't think she's actually in charge? You think there's somebody bigger and badder calling the shots? She could also get corrupted and come back that way by Zivu Arath and the Witch Queen. Right, because, you know, Zivu Arath, I mean, they are targeting Fallen, so that's possible. That that, that could be another another way. There could be somebody else pulling the strings. Maybe Zivu Arath is going to come in and pull the strings. Maybe Clovis Bray is still alive, and he's going he's gonna to come in and do something. I don't know. Um, have you seen the true identity of Clovis? One, the lore about it, crazy stuff. No, I haven't checked it out. Uh... Next question from the Torch. I know how to fix stasis in the Crucible. Much like we shot Varix free, we should be able to shoot our teammates free from being frozen. Um, I actually don't know if this would fundamentally solve it. I think this would be a good feature, though. It would be a good feature. I don't think this would fundamentally solve the some of the problems with stasis but I do think this would be something that might help especially in the more competitive realm if me and my buddies are kind of in an area for trials or whatever and we're you know we're trying to kind of maintain our positioning that could be a pretty good strategy of like shooting each other out I don't think you can do that now Eugene's saying you can do that can you shoot allies free I didn't think you could because I thought it didn't even maybe maybe we didn't even try I don't know can you shoot allies free right now in the crucible when they're frozen solid do they take damage when you do so um I don't know people are saying yes people are saying no I don't think you can uh I think that solar should be able to break it people are saying yes people are saying no I I don't know I felt like we tried um, it tells you during to free Eric's in the ice part. 
I don't think you can. I, I I genuinely don't think you can. It's 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 not even the same as what's on Eris. Um, even if it just mitigates the damage that you take. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some there's some there's something here, but I'm just gonna tell you right now, this doesn't solve the fundamental problem. It only mitigates one of the problems that are linked to the fundamental problem. The fundamental problem is not that like, oh, I can't ever get out of the ice. It's the frequency. I really do think it comes down to frequency. Even though there's abilities to, to, even though you can mitigate it by jumping away and positioning differently, even though there's ways to spec into it, you know, to to, to mitigate it. And people in chat are saying you can 100% do it. Um, You know, people are saying you can. Even in those, even if that, if all those things are true, I still don't think, I still don't think that that solves the fundamental problem. I, I think the fundamental problem is it feels like mini mayhem. And because it feels like mini mayhem, I think that's going to cause two potential problems. Two. Number one, I think casuals will get bored. I think casual, and I think hardcores will get annoyed. I think hardcores will get annoyed. I think casuals uh, will get bored eventually because I don't think it has staying power. Now, again, I could be wrong. It could be it could be a month from now, and people are totally fine with it. But if I were to summarize my concerns, that's what it is. There's two sides to the game. Casuals are eventually going to get bored because it doesn't have staying power. It feels too much like mayhem. And I think a lot of the hardcore players are just going to walk away and be like, this sucks, I don't like it. The whole combat rhythm has been thrown off. Whether or not you can mitigate it or combat it or or counter it or whatever, that's kind of beside the point if you feel like the fundamental nature of Crucible's changed too much. Um... The real question, is balance fun and why no? I don't even think this is a question of balance. I don't. I think that's a misunderstand. I'm not saying you're misunderstanding it, but when we talk about stasis in the crucible and we frame it in the realm of balance, I think that's a misunderstanding of the actual argument. The actual argument is the nature of combat has changed. Flow of map and rhythm has changed. Is that Bungie's goal? If it's their goal... Then the question after that is, how is the community responding long term? How is it responding long term, right? Because I, 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 I dis- distorted's point is one that a lot of people make. They're like, balance is boring. Let it be crazy for a while. And I can 100% see that side of the argument. I can't. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's probably true. Just let people kind of go nuts for a while. But that, that again is linked to what I said. Casuals are going to get bored. Because I don't think a mayhem, a, a lack of skill expression environment and in a spammy environment like mayhem, I don't think has staying power. And if they get bored, I think while they're getting bored and continuing to play and hitting their thresholds of boredom or like, oh, this is kind of the same thing all the time, the hardcores have probably already left. And I welcome being wrong about this because that would mean that lots more people are playing and that the crucible is a successful aspect of the game which I'm all for god rolls what do you think would be a simple solution like only supers actually freezing players and the rest only slow them I actually think you're on to something as long as it only limits what happens in crucible I really do think instant freeze from abilities is the starting point problem right the starting point problem is that you can instantly freeze instant freeze players with abilities and abilities can be on a really really healthy and really really fast uptime 
So that creates two problems. The frequency rhythm problem, it's frequently happening at a rhythm that is very, very frustrating, and it's kind of free. It's like, you can't move. I'm immobilized. So those two elements, I think, are the primary problem, and it all links back to instantly being frozen. Instantly being frozen is, you know, it is... If abilities just did like a slowing thing, I think it would. Uh, I, I think it would be a very, very different conversation. If it was just a slowing effect, if that snap grenade came around the corner and it slowed me down and put me at a disadvantage, but I could still shoot back and slightly move, this would be a completely different conversation. It's the fact that the the warlock melee and the snap grenade coming through the door instantly freezes you is is kind of the issue. Um, Light meter based on your amount of super and abilities that are ready. No super abilities, zero meter. Full super and abilities, a hundred meter, and you can't be frozen. I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like people would just sit on their supers and just spam grenades. I don't know. I don't think that's a solution either. I think the solution is to look at frequency, uh, and an instant freeze. What does it take to, to, to actually freeze somebody? I think those two things need to be looked at. The problem is, when you look at frequency, you're going to break PvE builds, and I don't want that to happen. So I would first look at instant freeze. Do we need to instantly freeze guardians outside of supers? Supers instantly freezing makes sense. I'm, I'm literally turning myself into a glacier and running through the map. That's totally fine. So... Tiki says, do you think Bungie will make DLCs account-based opposed to platform-based? Why do you think it currently is not account-based? Lastly, what are your thoughts on true cross-platform? Do you think Bungie will actually implement it this year? I'm going to take the second half of your question first. I know they want to, and I would think Witch Queen is where they would set their sights. I think Witch Queen is where they would set their sights to launch cross-play. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to lean on their relationship with Microsoft to put pressure on Sony. Because... If Bungie's going to walk out and say, hey, all you guys that play on the Xbox One and the Series X and the Xbox One X and the Series S, that whole community, guess what? You guys have all enjoyed playing together and now your community's about to get bigger. You can now play with people on PC if you would like, right? We're not going to blend lobbies unless you opt in and you want blended lobbies. If you blend your own lobby, if you blend your fire team, you'll be in blended lobbies. So we'll blend lobbies then. I don't know if they could do that though. There might not be enough people. So whenever you blend a lobby, you'd sit in matchmaking for forever. But that's what I think they're going to try to do. They're going to try and put pressure on Sony because Sony's going to be sitting there odd man out. Do you want to be the odd man out? Look how successful the franchise is. Look how many people play and look at you. Look at you, PC players playing with all of the Xbox players. Seems like a happy marriage. A lot easier to do that with the increased performance on the Series X with the higher frames per second and the and the bigger FOV. So, you know, Sea of Thieves already does it. I I, I that's my theory is that they would lean uh, they would lean on Microsoft. Um, Steam will want their cut. It's all about licensing when it comes to where the license is held. Yeah, but Steam doesn't care about crossplay, dude. Why does Steam care about that? Steam allows crossplay in games right now. I mean, that's, that's not an issue. There are games in Steam that have crossplay. They're not anti-crossplay, so they're gonna do. I, that's what I think they're gonna do. I think they're gonna put that pressure on there. Now, the, the the Game Pass, the Game Pass situation could be an experiment. We we could be moving, you know, uh, Destiny out of Steam. It could move to the Microsoft Store. Um, 
So it, you know, if they do that, then they cut Steam out, you know, because being on Game Pass and being on Ultimate Game Pass could be a longer, a longer play by Bungie to work more closely with Microsoft, and then it would be automatic crossplay because you would be playing through the Microsoft infrastructure at that point, um, which would be another, would be another, uh, that would be another hop, right? We hop from Blizzard to Steam to the Microsoft Store, and look, I, I'm not a big fan of that store either. It runs kind of janky uh, and can be an issue, but it worked fine. For sea of thieves i mean eventually it was a little glitchy when they first started it but that was a while ago um cross play is different versus where you need to play the game right but microsoft has all the infrastructure built for cross play through their platform so that's what i'm saying um not gonna happen with microsoft coming to steam I'm just saying, I think my theory is that at some level, Bungie will lean on their relationship with Microsoft to broach the cross-play like, connections first, and then Sony will be the odd man out. And I don't know how they're going to do it, because it's peer-to-peer. Um, it, it, you know, the peer-to-peer is probably the biggest barrier, you know? I don't know if Sony even cares anymore. Uh, now, that was the second half of your question. Now, the first half of your question, as far as I know... DLCs are, are are platform-based, meaning if you go from an Xbox One to a Series X, smart delivery, it comes with you. Um, and then the way they do it is, what is it? Are the seasons that come with you, but the expansions don't? I don't have an answer as to why they do it that way. I, that's just how they set it up. Um, somehow the season the seasons attached to your, your account and the expansions aren't. Um... I was only able to play the free content, so I just paid for it. Huh. Were you playing on PC or console, Christina? Because that Ultimate Game Pass, Destiny uh, Beyond Light's not on Ultimate Game Pass, I don't think, until December. So if you're playing on PC, that would make sense. If you're playing on console, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, You're playing on Xbox. Yeah, that's messed up. That sounds like there was a glitch in the Matrix. It should have let you play all of it. Um, You have to buy expansions. Yeah. Yeah, the seasons come with you, the expansions don't. So, somebody's saying it's because of the licensing, platform licensing. That's why they don't come with you. So, when you go to Sony or you go to Steam, they want their they want their cut. They want their 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 percentage. They don't want you coming and basically playing a product through their platform that you didn't buy through their platform. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I bought the expansion on Xbox. I don't understand. Why don't I have the expansion on Sony? Sony's looking at you saying, because you didn't buy it from us. That's why, you know? So that's, I think that's a that's a pretty simple explanation, but, you know, I think that's, the, that's, that's where it lands. And seasons are a little bit different, because I, I guess. Seems the same, but I guess it's not. Darth, before we finished Aramis, she sent her Viking lieutenant to go wake him. Do you think the thing he is waking is the raid boss? Would a guardian-sized Clovis Bray be an interesting raid boss? I mean, no, I don't think you can have a small target. I mean, he'd have to get into something like a bigger robot or a mech suit or something. Uh, and then you've got to be careful. They've used the Scourge of the Past, you know, mechs a lot on Europa and so I don't think you'd want to... I don't think you would want to use something even remotely close to that. So it would need to be... If we're going down into the, the Deep Stone Crypt and there's some form of a 
Braytech facility situation, I would think you would want there to be some measure of, you know, robots and stuff. Prepare the body, not wake him. Oh, that was the line? Well, prepare the body could be uh, how they're explaining how she comes back. Um, I thought she said take care of the body or something else, not wake. Aramis said prepare the body, not wake him. So multiple people now saying it's a prepare the body situation. So it could be for her. Um, No spoilers. Dude, I'm sorry. It's been a week. I'm not going to expect people to not put campaign spoilers in the chat. I mean, it's it's a very short campaign. Um... Day one through three, I would probably ask people to not put spoilers, but come on, man. You're in a Destiny stream a week after the expansion's out. Like, I'm not going to keep people from talking about the campaign a week later. Um, Prepare to wake the body. Whatever the line is, um, whatever the line is, I would say, you know, there, there could be something there with respect to what's happening with her. Um, I would say the raid boss is Tanix. It could be Skolas. I would go with Skolas. You're talking about raid boss spoilers? It's not spoilers. We're speculating. N- nobody, nobody knows anything. Um, it could be Skolas because Skolas is dead. It's prepare the body. I watched it three times. We know the raid boss from Triumphs. Oh, well, that's freaking lame. They should have hid that somehow. Um, well, in any case, in any case, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get there and experience it. And, you know, it's a shame that that kind of stuff gets leaked because it's in the triumphs. That's kind of dumb. Um, but here we are. That's the world we live in. It's <laughs> secrets in video games don't really exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. But good Q&A about Stasis in the Crucible. I'm not going to belabor the point. I want to get back into the grind and move things along with the uh, with the with the grind for Season of the Hunt. So if you're here live, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.